Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part Compliance Into the Weeds podcast series. This week, Matt Kelly and I are going to focus on the new FASB Revenue Recognition Standards. Each day, we will take a different topic and in a short 10-minute podcast, give you the highlights of what we think are important. We have coupled this podcast series with an ebook we've released, which will be in the show notes, that you can uh, take a look at some of the key components of this new revenue recognition standard. On day one, we'll introduce the new revenue recognition standard and its implementation timeline. On day two, we will consider how you should determine transaction price going forward. On day three, we're going to take a look at uh, the specific software sector and how this new revenue recognition standard can shake up that industry, or excuse me, that sector. On day four, we'll take a look at disclosures, ICFR audits, and what the PCAOB has published on this new revenue recognition standard. And Friday, we'll wrap it up, and I will tie it uh, into what I think is the importance for the compliance practitioner. I hope you will enjoy this new podcast format series that Matt and I put together. We've certainly enjoyed researching it and recording it for you. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So Matt, we are going to start off with an exploration of the new FASB Revenue Recognition Standards. Uh, I think this is going to be significantly important for the compliance practitioner. You have written extensively on this, and I've taken a stab at some of the concepts. So we're going to go through a series for our listeners here. And I wondered if you might be able to, in this first podcast, introduce the concept of the new FASB uh, Revenue Recognition Standard, which is uh, delineated as ASC 606, and talk about uh, the timeline implementation. Sure. Um, So this has been a long time coming for corporations. Um, Certainly for the corporate accounting staff in your organization, this would not be a surprise. But so what it is, is Accounting Standard Codification 606. That's what ASC stands for. Um, ASC 606 was approved in May of 2014. And it's uh, more commonly known as contracts with customers. Uh, but really, this is all about revenue recognition. Um, originally, the Financial Accounting Standards Board was going to have an implementation deadline of roughly one year ago. But this has been such a big standard with so many moving parts and, frankly, so many people who weren't quite sure how they were supposed to deal with this that um, I think about two years ago, if I'm remembering correctly, FASB extended the deadline one more year. So here we are, and this is why we're talking about this today. So what is the implementation deadline? And then we can get more into what 606 is you know, in, in subsequent podcasts here. But the, the implementation deadline, this new standard goes into effect for any finan- your first financial reporting period that ends on or after December 15, 2017. FASB always picks that date very particularly. What it really means for most companies is your next period that ends after that date is usually December 31st. And so therefore, the financial reports you have and that you submit for that period, which will come out sometime in February or March for most companies, they have to obey this standard. Now, we have known that for a while. It is not a big surprise. Um, That said, 
a lot of companies still have been uh, taking their time, I'll put it politely, to get the new standard up and running and really prepare for it. Um, I think upwards of 80% of filers in the United States have a year end of December 31st. Their, their fiscal year end and the calendar year end are one and the same. So most companies, this is here. You're going to have to start worrying about it within the next couple of weeks, and you're going to have to start reporting under the new standard early in the spring. For a select few of you, you are very lucky if, for example, your fiscal year ends on September 30th. Well, then your next reporting period that ends, your next fiscal year after December 15, that doesn't end until September 30th of 2018. So you don't have to worry about reporting it for at least a full year from now. Um, you're going to be lucky that you'll be able to see all the 80% who are filing right away. You can take notes. You can see what they've done. You can try and avoid it. Um, and a very few uh, brave souls out there, such as Microsoft and Google, and I believe General Motors, they actually adopted early. So uh, you could look at, and probably in the course of this podcast series, we probably will make mention of Microsoft, for example, they adopted over the summer, uh, Google adopted in the spring. Um, it's not just the big guys. There is a relatively small company called Commvault Systems that they adopted in April. I was very impressed with them. Um, it's a big challenge, but here we are. This is what the standard is and how it's coming to be. Um, and as you said in the intro, Tom, really, this is a big shift in how we perceive revenue and when we recognize it. Typically, it's been more, am I giving you a good or a service? Do you have control of it? If you have control of it, then I get to recognize the revenue. We're totally changing that standard and that perception now with 606. Now, this is really about a series of performance obligations. What am I committing to do in delivering a good, delivering a service, delivering both, to give that obligation. What am I obligating to myself to do for the customer? Have I fulfilled that performance obligation? If I have, I get to recognize the revenue. And we can geek out about all the implications of that, but that's a big, big shift that has a lot of implications in how you do business, the philosophy of when you have a transaction, when you don't, Different types of industries will be hit by this quite a bit. If others will not, but it's a sweeping standard, and that's where we are. So, Matt, uh, I think uh, most people in the accounting and hopefully the CFO world are certainly aware of this. But it uh, occurs to me that the SEC has made clear that this rule will be implemented, and their um, uh, company's accounting processes need to be changed to affect this, so that there's really no going back. Uh, from this new standard. The second yeah. thing is that uh, I had to learn and deal with revenue recognition in the corporate world, but I found comfort when I had to learn and deal with it in that it was largely rules-based. And my review of this now seems to me the standard is much more judgment-based, uh, particularly around performance obligations. And my uh, either fear or concern is that if you have a judgment-based standard, then you have more room for manip manipulation. And under the old system, I was fairly confident. I knew what the rules are and I could apply the rules or I could even teach the rules. But now I'm less sure that I can uh, uh, teach the judgments that are needed. Uh, do you have any of those concerns or do you find them to even be valid? 
No, they're very valid concerns. Um, the FASB made no bones about it that they were moving to more of a principles-based view of revenue recognition. And they did that deliberately because they are coordinating this rollout with how revenue is recognized in other parts of the world, specifically international financial reporting standards, which are put forth by the International Accounting Standards Board. This was a big joint effort to have a one global approach to how we recognize revenue, and it involves a lot more judgment. Now, the good news is that you can exercise a lot more judgment, and if you have good judgment, you can finesse things to be much more reflective of what's the economics of the deal we're talking about here. Do they make sense or do they not? And there's a lot in accounting principles in the U.S. that, that don't make a lot of sense, but they exist. Um, that goes away. Now you can finesse your way through with good judgment. Now, the bad thing is that you have to use a lot of judgment. And if your judgment is not sound, or if your judgment could be called into question because you haven't properly documented your logic and your chain of thought, uh, then you've opened yourself up to other people questioning your judgment much more than might have happened under the old standard, which would be big and nasty and exasperating. It would drive everyone to distraction, but it was a rules-based standard. And if you went through all the contortions, you come to a number, that's the number. Uh, this cuts that knot quite a bit, and it's down to this is our judgment. And if our judgment is good and we can document it, here we are. If your judgment is bad and you can't document it, you're going to be opening yourself up to criticism. So, yeah, that's a very valid point. Um, the only other point I would raise about the Securities and Exchange Commission, they have gone to great lengths to speak for the last two years at least about this standard, uh, giving gentle nudges and sometimes not gentle nudges to companies that you got to get on this. You have to prepare for it. There's a lot of implementation disclosure along the way companies have or have not made. And uh, some people would say that uh, investment, the investor community isn't quite ready yet for this because nobody's explained what the implications would be because companies were supposed to do that. Um, but clearly, the SEC is now expecting, like, you know, you have to have this in place. We've been telling you this for two years. That's been their message. The good thing is that while the SEC might give you a few comment letters here and there as you're trying to report under the new standard for the first year, They've also said, we're not going to torture you. We're not going to fine anybody in the first year. You know, there's <clears throat> there's not going to be severe penalties for misunderstanding so long as you are actually trying to embrace the spirit of the standard and do your job. If you're committing accounting fraud, you're still going to get nailed. But if you're just trying your best and it still is a bit difficult because this is a big thing, the SEC has also said, don't panic. But you know, they're going to be looking at this and they've told everybody that it is not a surprise. So, Matt, thanks. And I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode one of our five podcast series. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we introduce the five elements you'll need to consider in uh, evaluating uh, contracts for revenue recognition and take a look specifically at determining the transaction price. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special five-part podcast series of Compliance into the Weeds, where we've taken a deep dive into the new FASB Revenue Recognition Standard. If you have any questions on today's episode or anything around revenue recognition, please feel free to contact myself at tfox at tfoxlaw.com or Matt Kelly at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. 
Also, if you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only compliance podcast which takes a deep dive into the weeds and specifically taking a deep dive into the weeds around revenue recognition and its implication for the compliance practitioner. I hope you will join us tomorrow for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.